1: you'll see like a trend like for some odd years like 10 even 15 30 maybe even 40 years depending it was the cowboy and everyone always says like the cowboy got replaced by the spaceman but not really uh it got replaced by the cop
0: yeah the gumshoe
1: i don't know about the gumshoe but definitely the cop like either your beat cop or your detective.
0: Or your, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like you think of like John Wayne movies, and then all of a sudden, you know, movies like Dirty Harry and French Connection, all those movies, and then you go into the eighties and nineties, and like what was it during the nineties and early two thousands? There's like a whole bunch of procedural tell or uh, cop shows. And it seems like maybe this is the point where it's starting well, to of... Well, in up the
0: two thousand, it became the uh, the forensic experts, the, the nerds. That's where the tipping point, And then like the geeks, like the CSIs yeah. and the CSI Miami and the CSI New York. And the, but and they're and the still, cops. There's still cops. They're still cops, yes, but it's the more deeper, cerebral, the more sciency side of it. Yeah. And then. And then, well, I, I think what a lot of us do with technology caught up to make it palatable. And then it turned into, I mean, fuck, the, the Flash is the forensic cop with superpowers.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm start- thinking this is like a new, like we're going to see a new, like all of a sudden, you know, it's not just like one or two superhero shows. It's like five to ten. Like, we keep hearing more and more.
0: Oh, it's getting, the scene's getting saturated, no doubt.
1: I don't know if it's saturated yet.
0: Every, but look, uh, look at the lineup yeah. of movies that, are, like, in the next four years, there will be, like, 20 movies out. About two, that's, like, five a year? Four a year, But who's five?
1: not to say that, you know, at one point there wasn't, like, a cop drama in the theater?
0: I know, but, and... and Like,
1: at least th- that many.
0: You're you're not wrong, and what I'm countering is the the bubble. The bubble will always burst.
1: I don't know about this time. Like, if Uh, you'd asked me ten years ago,
0: bold words, sir. I mean, if you look at if you'd
1: asked me ten years ago, like, do I think that uh, superhero movies will be around? And I would have said the same thing. I'm like, well, until like that one really bad movie comes out, you know, then superheroes will be passe. But You know what? There's been bad superhero movies and there's been really good superhero movies and mediocre superhero movies.
0: There's been a lot more good.
1: Like if there was- Six years, seven years. Like if, if we were really really worried about the bubble bursting with the superhero movie, it would have probably died with Green Lantern. See,
0: but Green Lantern was the same, wasn't that the same year that Iron- Iron Man is I mean, you can go back to I don't Blade. Think it came as up
1: to Iron Man.
0: Blade kinda was the genesis of this run we've been on for the last 18 or no, 17 years. But, uh, which led into X-Men and into Spider-Man and so then eventually almost died with the Green Lantern, but Iron Man was there and Iron Man kicked it into a whole new stratosphere.
1: Um, know, Iron Man was there a couple years before. I'm pretty it sure Green, I saw... Was Green Lantern in
0: 2009? Hold on. I know Iron Man was 2008.
1: See, you're asking all sorts of questions, and now i got to look.
0: 2011? Get out! That movie came out in 2011? So we were like two Iron Mans in by the time Green Lantern came along? I think that's why I didn't derail it, Sean, is because there was so... Yeah, Iron Man 2 was already out. Iron Man 2 was a year old by the time Green Lantern came along.
1: But, but there you go. Like, so
0: if... Thor, Thor, we were at, we already, see, that's why our Green Lantern didn't derail anything, cause Thor was coming out at the same time. Thor had, was coming out, well, you see, June 2011 was Green Lantern. Thor came out, yeah, Thor came out like two months before that. So the Marvel wave had already kicked things off. But that was, well, well, that machine was well in motion. That's why Green Lantern didn't do anything. If, if there was just Green Lantern, if there hadn't been the Marvel movies, and Green Lantern was, like, the next comic book movie after, what came before that? Probably one of the X-Men, like X-Men 3? Yeah, this would be a, a dead genre. Oh, the Batmans are going on around the same time. But Batman, I think, is, Batman is a mutant. That, that yeah, like pizza. he, he it's kinda is, good. even
1: no matter yeah. how bland or, like, boyfriend. people always go to a yeah. Batman movie, or everyone's gonna enjoy go Batman. To a, a Superman movie. I even don't if know they about
0: hate it. That.
1: But Batman, I think Batman, I Batman's a I mean, tough
0: franchise. You can do just about I mean, anything with Batman, and people will be like, eh, hey, Batman. You never go wrong with Batman. Um so that's, yeah, so that's why, man, I didn't realize it was that recent. I think the
1: Wolverine movie had already come out by then, that, it was that horrible. You're like, no. Yeah, or when Origins was
0: 2009. Hard. Jeez Louise. So that's why Green Lantern didn't derail anything because the machine was already in motion thanks
1: to this. But I'm saying if we, were, if we were really worried about the comic superhero movie, you know, going down, it'd have probably been down with that shit or X Men Three or. I don't know. I personally didn't mind Wolverine Origins. I didn't think it was great, but I actually kind of enjoyed
0: it, though. Well, I'd credit this current trend to Robert Downey Jr. Like this wave. I think if if not for that, I I do think it probably would have petered out. I don't think the interest would. I think these movies would have these movies you're citing would have came. They would have went, and and we would be watching. I don't know. Astronaut movies. I don't. Know. Probably more cop dramas. <laughs> yeah, more cop dramas. Uh, like, yeah, we'll go
1: back to the safe cop drama.
0: But they they hewed even closer to the source material with the Iron Man movies and the Marvel flicks, the true Marvel flicks. They they just you know with the shared universe and the interspliced continuity, yada yada yada. That's kind of what propelled this whole trend going. The phases, you know. You know, the thing that we as comic fans, like, fell in love with, like, oh, everything's connected. Well, they did, they, they worked that into their movie se- series, and now the world at large is like, oh, shit, everything's connected. I mean, there's practically a little, like, we're one step away from the little asterisks and editor boxes in the movies now. So see what Thor's doing? Watch yeah, I'm of 2016.
1: I'm kind of wondering how long, like, I'm kind of wondering, how, like, how long the Marvel machine will actually able to pull that off until i think until the
0: actors quit
1: well i don't know because i mean you can always have a, a replacement
0: that, well, like be, don't get me wrong get there's no when robert downey, no jr. Robert downey jr iron man but i mean we'll probably get an idea we'll see what they do with wolverine because i think that'll happen first you jackman already said i mean he keeps saying like maxwell's my last one but yet he always ends up showing up somewhere else I, we'll find out when Robert Downey Jr. hangs up for good and what they do with the character. If if they recast, then we'll definitely know the answer. If they just let it die, like, yep, that's it. No more Iron Man. He's gone. You
1: know, if there's no more Iron Man, they have, like, a still more of a yeah. library to they go don't need
0: to keep. You don't, need to, you don't need to do a James Bond to the, the character. Yeah. You can just let it go. I, I
1: think that's I mean, technically. Point let it go. Maybe they're trying to push it with Ant-Man. I, bet,
0: and I haven't seen it yet. I'm probably going to go this weekend. Everyone says it's I
1: haven't either, but the one so, phrase yeah. I think I saw in one of the trailers was, Iron Man was taken. And he is a bit of, well, actually I can't say nothing because I haven't seen the movie, yeah. so I don't know
0: if he's yeah. like kind of cocky or kind of like, you know. Maybe because it's like, a suit. I don't know. It, the plot looks. I don't know. I have to see it. I. I I'm going it to looks. Deserve, fun. I'm not going to be, you know, give a, a speculative critique. Holy shit! I'm not going to give a speculative critique on Ant-Man because that's just dopey. I get annoyed when other people do it. I'm not going to commit the same sin. But uh. No, I think the test with these movies will be when the actors start retiring and how they handle those characters once the the actors are no longer there. I mean, like, Bruce Banner got away with it, but that's an asterisk because it's really the Hulk. And Mark Ruffalo, it, finally, it seemed like they just took a while to find the right guy. I still think the Hulk can't carry his own movie because they don't let the Hulk talk.
1: If the See, Hulk for me, could I Hulk think they be. always kind of got it wrong. They always want to focus on Banner. Well, I think the Hulk has always been like this monster horror movie.
0: Well, I think they got it wrong is they keep remaking the TV show from the 70s, which was, I mean, no, yeah. wrong. I enjoy it. But you don't have to do that now. You can have the Hulk be a fully functional character like he is in the comics. Yeah. Uh, and the duality you could play off of with, like, Hulk smash. Puny humans leave Hulk alone. Hulk not Banner. Hulk Hulk. Hulk smash. Puny. Ban-. If you had that, if you couple – you could have, like, one of the most intense – Character studies in the most effects heavy popcorn flick if you just would let him talk. Not,
1: see, I yeah, I guess he did talk in the, in the first and couple not issues. Silent
0: Eagle. Bob catchphrases. You know, don't give him like those one moment where the Hulk says like a word, but is a fully formed character. You know, it's weird. In the movies, they always refer to as phrases. I don't even see uh, Avengers. Two yet, or did you?
1: I haven't.
0: All right. Well, it's not a spoiler. There's a scene I, you saw in the there's A scene where Iron Man has to fight the Hulk. Yeah. And, I there's, saw and that. there's a moment where he calls him Bruce, and like the Hulk was like roar, and he's like, I know, I know. Don't mention puny Banner. Which like, how do you know that he's never mentioned puny Banner? It'd be awesome if he did. But when when did the Hulk say this that Tony Stark knows? Not to say puny Banner. Maybe he said it. Yeah, if you uh, do it all off camera, then you're you're you're, blo- you're you're screwing the pooch. You want a good Hulk character, Hulk mo- standalone movie. The Hulk has to be more than just a special effect.
1: Well, that's why they gave you Banner.
0: But uh, I'm not saying you heard that everything. They
1: shouldn't
0: it would be I'm such just... a good movie? And I've been making this complaint. 'cause that the incredible Hulk movie with Ed Norton that thing i I was that movie had lost me. It wasn't until the like the, the p s at the end with um Tony Stark and William hurt or whoever that was it was it was William hurt, so he played Thunderbolt Ross but anyway that that's what saved the tying it into the overarching universe is what saved that movie for me. I was like, this is dumb. They did it again. they gave him a Hulk smash at the end, and that's it, it was stupid. You're like this is like the other Hulk movie. It's like this is why these things are dumb. They'll never work. Cause these people
1: don't. See, know I what think they working.
0: should just make him like. I
1: think they should just make like a, a horror movie out of the Hulk because that's what he is. He used to come out at night. He used to lurk in shadows. But you could, Hell, he's based on symph- Jekyll and
0: if, you, and if you just let Hulk talk and be his own character, ah, uh, you you could have a very 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 good movie there. Where you don't need to worry about like dopey villains or the other Avengers. All you have to do is play off that duality of Banner and the Hulk. But as long as you treat the Hulk like just a special effect, you'll never be able to have that movie. So that's why the Hulk movies are like like, we don't know what to do with them. I was like, Well then you're all stupid. That's right, I said it. They're all stupid. Harsh words here on comic book pit number You know what they should do. Two hundred and eight. This is uh, a yeah, nice arrows yeah. if you're going to incorporate any of this. <laughs> Tough talk.
1: Tough talk. Actually, I have two ideas. I have two ideas that they should do with some of these properties. Uh, I think they should just totally redo, like remake Jekyll and Hyde, but just have Banner and Hulk. Like just straight lift it. Just nothing fancy. Just be like, you know, instead of, all the stuff that happened in Jekyll and Hyde just put Banner and Hulk.
0: They haven't done a comic of that yet. The Curious Case of Dr. Banner and Mr. Hulk.
1: Yeah, it's called The Hulk. <laughs> Actually, the other one was um I was talking to my wife uh, one day when we were, I think I was reading some Star Wars news where they're like saying, oh, we're going to give Han-, uh, Han Solo his own movie. It be his early days, and I think they said something about the Castle Run. And I was like, oh, my God, they should totally just rip off uh, Smokey and the Bandit and just redo that, but with Han Solo and Chewie, and they just, you know, bring in some sort of Sally Fields-type character that's the Runaway Bride. Mm. That would be awesome, and it would be called Castle Run. And it's actually, he has to transport uh something within a certain amount of time why well, the Empire's like hot on his heels
0: it could work I, I say let him talk let him talk let him talk let him talk
1: well I did talk
0: or let Hawk talk and then you'd have a good Hulk movie you'd probably win an Oscar I'm just nice. saying I'm just saying. It could be that good. People would be crying. They're like, it touched me. Um,
1: and then I had to sue because it touched me.
0: Oh, Sean Atkins. <laughs> you had to go there. Yes, I did. We're a family podcast. People have to stop and explain to their kids what that means.
1: Um, and so I will.
0: I think we got our prerequisite uh, media talk out of the way which is impressive because there was like nothing that happened in the world of media yet. We somehow we managed to, uh, ramble on about it. And in a way that I don't even know how we got onto this topic. I I started one place and yet we ended up on this. Uh, kudos to us. Kessel run remake of
1: and the bandit. It's there.
0: That's star Wars, isn't it? Yeah. Okay.
1: But I'm saying like they're, Given Han
0: his own movie. Oh, a Smoky the Bandit with Han Solo? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah,
1: a Smoky and the Bandit with Han Solo? Frick yeah, dude. I like that idea. I like that idea. Chewie doesn't have to be the Sally Fields character. They can bring in a Sally Fields type character in. That would be freaking great.
0: Chewie could be, who was the pickup truck driver? <sighs> That would be awesome, yes. Chewie's driving the rig full of cores.
1: Oh, yeah. That's it. And they can still keep the word Kessel Run, because, you know, Kessel Run can be, like, that certain amount of time like they had to in the movie.
0: Yeah. We got a long ways to go, in a short time to get there. Come on, Han Solo, run, Solo, run. See? See? Bum, 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 bum. Oh, shot actions with the idea of the night.
1: I'm telling you, if that doesn't happen, I'm making Jerry a fan P. comic. Jerry I might P. P. just make Jackson. a fan comic out of that.
0: Do it, do it, do it. Make a fan comic of. Han I
1: don't Han. do fan
0: comics, but I'm willing to do that because you want something that sells. Do that. If you do a Han Solo and just transpose them, you don't even need to make a new kid. Just put like Leia in the Sally Field role.
1: No, because it's the early days. So who cares? Layers,
0: If you're the doing,
1: doing whatever, man, you got to bring in some. You think now? I, see,
0: this is where yeah. this goes off the rails because now you're you're trying too hard. You I'm gotta, just
1: sticking with the parameter of young Han Solo. So I'm like, okay, if it's before he met into the rebellion,
0: screw up. then now, Han Solo yeah. has to fly a car, a truck full of cores from Tatooine to Hoth. I don't know.
1: Yeah! Oh my God! That, <laughs> I'm telling you, this writes itself. And
0: it does write itself if you let it write itself. So you have Chewie as the Jerry Reed character. You can put Princess Leia as the Sally Field character. The Millennium Falcon is basically an outer space Trans Am. Yeah. So there you go. And I don't. And who's um, Jackie Gleason? I guess Darth Vader because no, we're
1: because we're doing too much with the, like the empire well, I guess the empire always did exist. Yeah.
0: Just just play to the favorites. We talked about playing to the strengths earlier. Play to the strengths.
1: I'm just, I'm telling you, I don't they could work. I'm I'm saying it could work. We can still have the empire. I don't know about Leia being the Sally Fields character. Only because you know, it's young Han. So young Han's not what
0: you know, eh,
1: the yet. He's you're not you're still- not
0: making the actual movie. You're just making a a fun little fan comic.
1: <laughs> I might have to. I might actually have to stop doing everything what I'm trying to do. Drop and
0: everything. And make t- yeah. I don't know. What do you call it? Um Wookie and the Bandit. I don't know. I don't know. We haven't No, we anything.
1: call it Castle Run. Castle Run? Castle Run. Because he did the castle run in 12 parsecs.
0: That feels a bit more like Midnight Run, though. Which is totally different, but yet not as awesome movie. I didn't see that one. That's pretty good cool. And that's with uh, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin.
1: Oh. Well, I saw Vanishing Point, if we're going obscure.
0: Well, it tied back into a previous conversation, but I don't think we uh the people didn't tune in. Maybe they did. Maybe like, no, keep talking about like old movies. It's a lot better than uh God, please don't tell me i talk about Doctor Strange Volume Four again. Uh next up. Just wait. Other
1: yeah. adventures of Doctor Strange Volume Four.
0: So this week Sean read more Doctor Strange Essentials Volume Four.
1: I got the Chaos Gates. Come on, man. You can't say real. On. It, it's happening in in volume four. It sounds like an old uh, Doctor Who episode. Well, it's an old Doctor Strange episode.
0: Yeah. It sounds it's like some terrible. fourth Doctor stuff. Maybe the Chaos Gates.
1: Maybe. Although there the was Doctor Romana really
0: good... pursuing the Key of Time and takes them to the Chaos Gates.
1: There was a really good panel and. Um, in that volume that I'm still reading, where uh, Baron Modo, Mordo, I can't pronounce, his freaking name. Mordo. He's. <laughs> thank you. He um, he's conducting this big, freaking, uh, Santa sans a spell, and he has thirteen people for sacrifices, and uh, and come Doctor Strange who was presumed dead, again, I guess. He really dies a lot. So for someone that's a mystic, uh, a a, uh, yeah. a sorcerer he really dies a lot.
0: Not for nothing, Steve, but you sure got a thing for dying.
1: Yeah, you kind of suck at doing
0: what your job is, man.
1: This living thing the point is like just not die. But uh, anyway, Doctor Strange like storms in the room, and he's and. Uh, Baron's like, Psh, whatever, Strange, you're too late, this, that, and the other thing, and just being all, like, cocky. And then <laughs> this finger taps him on the shoulder, and uh Baron's like, huh? And then, like, Strange just, like, gives him a right c- cross in his face. Awesome. <laughs> With the classic sound effect of sock. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> nice. that's awesome. I laughed when I saw that. <laughs> and who was the creative team on these... Issues. Uh Chris Claremont, Gene Colan again, and I don't know who the inker was. Screw them. Yeah. No one likes
0: inkers. It,
1: it, it might have been Colan again. I don't know.
0: Tracers. So they're just a bunch of tracers.
1: Freaking right they are. That's what I do when I ink. I trace. Yeah. Petslers okay. do
0: everything. Writers do everything. I mean, I yeah. was just glory hogs. A. But hey, yeah hey. Uh,
1: Well I can say freaking
0: Okay as long as that's what you said
1: Yeah that's what I said family I'm, trying to, I'm trying to You know People not, sit around their in curse jar On
0: Saturday nights and, and listen to the comic book pit On the talkie box
1: Well if it's Saturday night Then we're allowed to curse You mean Monday morning at the office
0: They do that too
1: Yeah No, but that's uh, – so far, that volume's pretty, pretty good. But I actually did write another book, so.
0: Did you? <laughs> I did. I did. Well, I, tell you, I read a book, too, Sean. We'll, we'll trade off, keep it interesting. Sure. I uh, So I bought a book a couple months ago, and because I've been sick, I had time to catch up on stuff. And uh, so I bought a book I uh, called well, – I read a book I bought called uh, Moonhead in the Music Machine, by, uh, Andrew Ray. It's one of them indie books that you indie only hear movie? them talk about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I uh, mean, the one where there's like 32 pages of like a leaf and a person have an inner thoughts about why they should do laundry.
0: No, no. One of, one of, one of the cool ones. Um, oh, it's okay. a proper book with like a, a hard back and everything. Um, no, so it, it was actually pretty cool. It was, so this kid, his name's, uh, moonhead like Joey moonhead and he's just like a body with like a moon for a head it like just floats above like the the torso and stuff mm-hmm. like his parents look the same way and it just like like no one questions it. it's just the way the world is and he goes and he's like school age he's, I don't know where he's somewhere in high school probably like 10th grade or something like that it doesn't really say but just kind of seeing where he's at in his life it seems to be that age he's probably like 14 15 and uh, so he's kind of his mind wanders, and because his head's a floating moon, it can literally wander. Um, nice. Yeah. It's a nice way to a nice effect that it does. And so just about him, you like, try to find a way. So he gets uh, – he, he's getting in trouble, and so he, he ends up discovering music. And so, like, his passions start going to music, and he wants to start playing music. So he, like, builds this um, – funky, like, guitar, keyboard, horn, the music machine, if you will, the, the titular music machine, Sean Atkins. He mm-hmm. builds it, and then he meets this friend who's a ghost, who's uh, aptly named Ghost Boy.
1: Nice. Ghost, I like that name.
0: Yeah. And uh, Ghost Boy, like, can play it very well, and Moodhead like, can sing along with it well, so they form a band. And they play at the talent show. And it's funny because like Moon Boy uh, is too afraid to go out on stage. A ghost boy is too afraid to go out on stage. And, but Moonhead can't play and sing. So they devise this, uh, gimmick where, Moon um, Moonhead floats above Ghost Boy. And so Ghost Boy's playing and Moonhead's singing. And it looks like one person playing and singing. Mm-hmm. And like the, and the music it is really artistically very inspired and the visuals are really beautiful and really play up all the, you know, the imaginative nature of this book. It's so, like the music like washes over all the kids and they all kinda of look the same. They're kind you know, they're they're dickhead kind of high school kids. So they're all you know, there's jerks and nerds and stuff. And they like them all and they turn like into amorphous blobs and just all these funky looking characters and some of them like change for like everyone get to know like they're the inner weirdo comes out of all of them. And, uh, and then it follows, you know, the, that old chestnut where, like, Moonhead gets popular and falls in with the, the jerk kids that used to bully him and now want to, like, piece of him because he's the it thing. And he turns his back on his real friends and it blows up in his Moon face and then he learns a lesson and then everything, you know, all is well that ends well. I don't want to spoil it. I do recommend it. It's a really good book. Um, I don't know who published it. Let me grab it here. Cause, uh, it, it's beautiful. We turned into a pumpkin. I guess so. So it, it's called No Brow. Ironically enough, is the name of the publisher of Moonhead and the Music Machine. I got it at Copacenta Comics here in Pittsburgh, and that. Which, ironically enough, I discovered, Sean, there is yet another comic book store in the City of Champions. Have you heard of Southside Comics, located, coincidentally enough, in the city's Southside neighborhood?
1: Um, No, but there used to be a couple of them back in the day. They used to kind of sprout up here and there. Down on East Gladden. Carson Street?
0: Which, 1819, that... If the streets are numbered the way streets are normally numbered, that should be in the 1800 block, Mm -hmm. which I think would lie, if I'm understanding this correctly, which I could be way wrong, around 18th Street. Here is Carson. So, because here on the comic book pit radio program, we do... Talk up all the comic shop. Yeah, down by Fatheads. It's like right next to Fatheads. Well that's good. Well slap me silly. I I've well, totally think we're gonna it. make a trip to Southside. Um I mean I was just there a couple weeks ago. Um No, I mean I I don't need to go to the Southside just to find comics. So. I talked to the Duke earlier, I'm like, is this new? And he's like, Oh, I was there a couple months ago. Um, yeah, go figure. Go figure. Oh, next time I'm, I find myself in the neighborhood, I might have to uh, float on in. But um, I'll have to add them to the list of all the comic shops if it hasn't sure, been we'll added have to get already. those stairs. That's gonna happen no matter what.
1: We both know it. Yeah, I went to this one comic shop over, and um, oh, what was it? Crap. It was like a suburb of Pittsburgh. I was helping a friend. I think it was like Westview. No. All I'm just going to say is like I went in there and I was like just looking around. People were playing magic and they all just kind of like like if you if there was a jukebox, it would have just screeched (laughs) stop the record scratch moment as I'm walking in like there is a one of my friends with me, too. Who doesn't really read comics? She gets into comic book movies if it piques her interest, but for the most part, she doesn't really do comics. And Wesley, um, oh, that's why where I used to live. No, it wasn't that. I think it's like, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue because I used to know a friend that lived there like years and years ago.
0: <laughs> well, it, it's not important. We don't want to name them anyways.
1: But either way, it was – uh I don't know if it was awkward. It just was like, oh, I didn't know this was here. Like I saw them before when I was at my friend's house, and I was like, oh, I wonder if – I'll have to go in there one day. And I did, and it's just awkward and Was it that Vector
0: on that west side of the city? The western um, suburbs? I'm not sure.
1: Maybe. I sometimes get lost in Pittsburgh, so I can't really remember. No, it's what, not difficult to do. The west. I know it's uh, not too far from the west end. Okay. I mean, it, I guess it is a bit of a ways from the west end. but
0: I, th- I think we're narrowing it down. Maybe I, I some people. say oh, Mount yeah, that- Washington. Well, that's, that's different. Alright, well this isn't, bad. we're not doing a Rick Seaback special here. Um, you read another, I did, you did a book review, I did a book review. You, we, we went on a tangent. We're ticking off all the things we do on this program. Uh, now it's time for another book review. You read something else.
1: I did. Actually, this was kinda like on my list of things I really wanted to read. And I was like, because when I heard about the solicitation, I was like, holy crap, I really want to need, read that. Like, I just, that just seemed like a fun concept that I didn't even think about. But it seemed so perfect together. And um, since we were talking about Star Wars, we're actually going to cross the street and talk about Star Trek. And um, this was Star Trek... Hold on, I'm going to bring it up real quick, so I don't butcher it. I mean, it's not hard to remember. It's Star Trek and Planet of the Apes crossover, The Primate uh, Directive, and by Boom Studios, FYI. And I really liked it. I I was kind of impressed with most of the book. This is issue one. It's a limited series. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know <laughs> how much of a limited series. I imagine.
0: Well, you know when you go to the comic shop and they're no longer there, or the That's last true. issue might say the end. That'd be nice of them.
1: That would be true, and that would be nice. Be like, uh, we're done. I'm like, okay,
0: our story's over.
1: I'm <laughs> yeah. I just go up to the comic guy, and he's like, "Nope, all done. <gasps> you can go home now."
0: We're like, "What? Serious? You can just go home now?"
1: I'm like, oh,
0: kid, you've been coming in here for twenty-five years asking, "There's more." Star Trek, Planet of the Apes. I told you they ended it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, when I first heard that they were doing it, I was like, that's the greatest idea ever. Because cause they both came out at, like, the same time. Well, one was ending as the other one was coming out. But either way, it's like that same era of sci-fi. And I was just like, that is perfect. I so want to read that. And, uh, yeah, I can't now. <laughs> and I did. It was, I have to admit on the negative side, it was a bit wordy. I know weird cause I'm reading a comic, but it, it was a little too wordy for me, but on the other half, the wordy parts was the Star Trek stuff and they were pretty wordy on that show. They are just. You know, they had like these full blown conversations as well as it, it wasn't like to a point where it was just boring drag. It was just, it was pretty interesting as well as it seemed like it fit the show. Like I felt like I was reading an episode of Star Trek and the apes were in there and I'm super glad. Like they're just, they looked really good in it and the artwork, uh, sad. No, it it wasn't. It was pretty good, actually.
0: Oh, really? See, my problem with um, licensed comics is that they have to make it look like the actors, and it ends up it looks stiff because they're so focused on looking like likenesses that they don't have any life. There's very there's some examples of artists who do it really really well and can like straddle that line, but most are pretty bland.
1: Yeah, and I thought the same way. Like, I remember seeing the first couple images of it of this one cover. I'm actually looking at it right now. I really don't know who did it, but I'm kind of glad it wasn't the guy that's doing the interiors. Um, I forget his name. I'll his look up. We'll him
0: up right here on the show.
1: Well, he did one of the covers. It's, um, I'll describe it to the folks at home. It's this battle scene with, uh, the Klingons and the apes in the background and in the foreground, it's, uh, Kirk fighting off one of the apes, uh, Bones helping a, probably a dead red shirt, uh, Spock and, uh, well, Bright Eyes. That's not his name. I can't remember. This is a cover. Yeah. This is the cover to number one. Uh, yeah. It's number one. And I was like, man, oh, this is really ugly art. I don't, I didn't really enjoy it whatsoever. But then when I actually
0: it's looked jo- in the book, <laughs> Tell the people who drew it, John Atkins.
1: No, I don't know who did it.
0: The, so, the, name's you not know, there. Uh, the name is there. Oh wait, it's some. Oh, oh total man? Yeah. Uh, I don't well. know why they let this guy near any of these prom. Near any- I know, right? <laughs>
1: Actually, I've never been a fan of him. So, although I met him, he's a very nice guy.
0: That's right. I've not met him, but uh, I've been uh, in front of him in line at Comic Cons. It's um. Some uh, wannabe uh, by the name of George Perez, who drew this cover, that Sean was uh, wiping his derriere with.
1: Well, you, it it's not as, okay,
0: I'll, I'll admit, it's probably not his strongest piece. It does look a bit um, fan artish. It yeah. looks like something that a, a, a sophomore would draw in their notebook during study hall.
1: Basically. So, I mean, it was all right, and I was really hoping it wasn't going to be the insides. And it wasn't. It really wasn't.
0: It was... George Perez draw this book.
1: <laughs> I, I want some... You know what? George Perez can probably draw, like, other books really well. Like, I'd rather see him on superhero stuff or something. I guess just not this. It's like when, you know, it's like when you see, like, Joe Madura drawing Punisher. I don't want to see him draw Punisher. Yeah, what you mean? I want him to see... I want to see him draw Battle Chasers or X-Men. I mean, or... I
0: do you want to see if he's ever drawn the Punisher? I'm just curious
1: now. He's drawn the Punisher before. Uh, I think it was like a crossover or like an X-Men crossover or maybe it was like an X-Men Christmas special. And they did like that old Marvel tradition where, uh, they just have like, uh, like a small cameo, like a non-speaking cameo of like a character in the Marvel universe. Like just kind of walking in a panel and that was, uh, Punisher.
0: Just kind I'd of walk be able to find it. You think it'd be pretty easy to locate?
1: I can't remember. It, it was the one with, um, where Magneto was still known as Joseph and he was, it was like a triangle between Rogue and him and Gambit and, um... Uh, uh, some other stuff of the nineties with Joe Madera. But anyways.
0: Maybe if I knew how to spell Madera, I could find it easier. Joe Mad Punisher. Oh, is this it? No, it's, it's people that draw like Joe Madera in their take on the punch. But either way, like, Sorry, the point, I think, yeah, getting off the point.
1: <laughs> the point was, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize it was Brads, but yeah, I didn't want him to write, draw the book. <laughs> and the guy they got is actually pretty good. And I don't, I think his name's Scott. Stock. I don't know, I got the same so name. Too. Here it is. Art by Rachel Stott. Rachel yeah, Stott? I like her stuff. I liked her stuff in it. Uh, there's actually a pretty good scene in the beginning with, uh, Ohura and, and, um, uh, George Takai, And
0: they're on, uh, Hmm?
1: Decay. Yeah,
0: Decay. So there's a scene with, uh, Yahura and George Decay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I thought you were trying to correct me, like, I, I totally I, I was confirming. Oh. Now it's just gotten
1: awkward. Next scene. I'm kidding. No, it was just a really good scene, like, uh, they're on the, the Klingon homeworld. They're masquerading as Klingons trying to get, uh, information of the Klingon, uh, uh, plan. Like, I guess they have like this master plan and they're trying to get intel on that intelligence on it. And it was a pretty funny one. Like, cause in the series, like the original series, uh, like Ohura didn't really do much. I mean, she did a few things as well as, um, um sulu did some stuff too but this scene actually was really nice like i really enjoyed the crap out of it i'd like this i would actually love to see more pages with sulu and Ahura just being like intelligence that would be great
0: oh, i got you okay
1: like it, it's pretty good i i really enjoyed it and um Kirk and Spock you know they're doing their usual Kirk and Spock shtick and that was pretty nice and I like how I was actually kind of wondering how they're going to merge two worlds together Uh, I was I'm not really feeling it like it felt more of a like it made sense like it to me it made sense but I was kind of more hoping that it was I don't know would it be a spoiler to explain go for it okay so, the Klingons somehow made a, like, dimensional gate, and so they cross over, and they run into Earth, the Planet of the Apes, Earth, and at first, they're like, well, this is the future, and they're like, not quite, and they actually spent, I felt, like, too much, too, uh, like, a couple, too many pages on it, but it was kind of nice I figured this was like the first part to kind of get it out of the way they're like okay this is what happened this is why it's not our Earth or Star Trek Earth then they go over like oh key moments of this this and this happened and you know nuclear war lasted a lot longer and you know instead of the Federation like in our universe um, did after our nuclear war them primates rose up and you know so on and so forth And I was like, oh, that kind of stinks. I was kind of hoping it would have been like they went into the future and, and, you know, it still explains, like, the nuclear war, like maybe, you know, things happened and Earth is still decimated and, you know, apes rise up from man. It would have been nice. But but it it was still a suitable explanation. I liked it, though. Overall, the story's pretty good. I will probably... Uh, read the second one, because, come on, they have the last page, or they have uh, the solicitation for the next issue with, um, let me see, oh there you go uh, Kirk on his knee, and I think I just explained that sentence wrong <laughs> Kirk and, uh, and uh, Charles and Heston in front of the Statue of Liberty so, you can't go wrong with that. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty apes. If only Although they alive. do, they actually do land. I should have mentioned that. Like, uh Kirk and the gang actually do land on the, the planet, and they run into the apes. And only a red shirt got winged, not killed. Of course.
0: So, oh, just, oh, man.
1: That's a, yeah, they were that' are just yeah, they didn't they didn't die. Oh, wait a minute. No, that didn't happen. Oops. <laughs> that happened in the next story. I started reading the second issue. So. Sean. And this one they just kind of Books. Sorry, I got confused. I thought it was all part of the one. I was trying to binge read and then I got caught up with responsibilities of dad. But no, uh, overall, the story was good. I'm, I can't wait to read the second one, obviously, because I just started describing of the second one. So, But Kirk is on point. Spock's on point. Everything's on point so far. So I can't wait to read the second one.
0: Sweet. Well, I'll tell you about a book I read that's a first issue, and I can't wait to read the second one. And I haven't started reading it because it's not out yet. I read a book uh called Godzilla in Hell. Nice. And it was masterfully illustrated by uh James Stoko, I'm sure you're familiar with his work. I think we've talked about it before, if not on this mm-hmm. program on the other one. And uh I think we've talked about it before. Pretty sure. Um and it's the premise is simple. Godzilla is in hell. It opens with Godzilla is like following and landing in hell. And he fights like monsters in hell. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to roam around and figure out uh, why he's in hell. Um Unlike
1: wait, uh, wait the books you've wait, read, wait, it's like not wordy. Wait, like is he actually like? There's a thought bubble like. No. How did I get here? <laughs> I
0: would. Uh, I wish there was. Ironically, like he I'm looks not. up like. Thing is closed. Mm-hmm. No, it's um it's it's actually much more masterfully crafted than how either you or I might do it. Um, mm-hmm. um it's part of a five issue miniseries and uh friend of the program, Dave Wachter, is writing and drawing the concluding issue, number five. Nice. I, I I've had conversations with him. It, it's pretty funny to hear him tell the story. I won't I won't say too much, obviously, but just to hear him tell the story of crafting A Godzilla-centric story that's kind of this, that's almost a Godzilla character study. And the, the challenge of a character that can't speak, that doesn't emote, (laughs) being in the middle
1: of- What are you talking about? He does that. I've seen him dance up in joy.
0: But it was, it was, uh, it was funny to hear some of the notes that Dave told me he was getting back. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) Okay, that's inside baseball. Like, oh, now they're talking about stuff they won't even talk about. Why? What, what are they? it to Baseball.
1: Back. Oh, why does everything gotta be like baseball? Gosh.
0: But, um, no, it was really, it was obviously Snoko who draws it. He, if you've seen his artwork, he brings it. I think he brings in it everything. It's massively detailed, really gorgeous. I don't know who's doing all, I forget who's doing all of the, every issue has a different creative team on or creator on it. Oh my. Yeah. And uh let's see if I can find something about that talks about it. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna find anything right out here off the top of my head that or at the top of the internet. That's gonna tell me the different creative teams on it. I don't have anything to fill the time with. I'll try one last thing. Try the Godzilla wiki. Uh see what this says. This is a, number two uh, be Bob Eggleton is writing and drawing. It sort of seems to be the whoever's worked on the recent IDW Godzilla books is all getting a bite at the apple on this one.
1: Oh that's cool.
0: Number three is allegedly written by Ulysses Farinas, Eric Freitas and Buster drawn by Buster Moody if this Godzilla wiki is to be believed. Episode four, drawn by, written by Brandon Seifert, and illustrated by Ibrahim Mustafa. I'll be honest, I don't know if these creators have all worked on the different books. I, a couple of them I recognize. And then, well, I, I know it's wrong because it says issue five has the same creative team, but I know for a fact that's... Uh, Friend of the program, Dave Wacker, doing that one. You heard to hear folks. Yeah, don't You're believe any. I've seen different write-ups where it says like it's different issues, and I, I've checked and double-checked, straight from the horse's mouth. It's number five. And uh, no, it was pretty interesting. There's some gnarly monsters in the first one that Godzilla has to fight. And, like one, like almost eats him. It's like they got, he's got. The monster, like, has all these, like, weird tentacles, like, shoot out, and, uh, I won't lie, the monster kind of had a gnarly similarity to female genitalia, but I don't know if that was intentional or not, probably not, who knows, and it's, like, starting to eat Godzilla, and then, like, Godzilla just, which I don't know if this is, the first time I can recall seeing this was the most recent movie, where when Godzilla's ready to breathe fire, like, his little horns on his back start lighting up.
1: Yeah, that's always been like that.
0: It's always been like that? I just missed it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um so the panel show like the horns lighten up and he just like blasts right through the monster with his fire breath and kills it. Awesome. And then like it ends with him falling into another layer of hell. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so it's like Dante's Inferno as told with Godzilla. But uh, no really cool and i will continue to check it out even though it's not you know the same creative people on it um obviously issue five i will look forward to because that's a little bias there but uh it was pretty good i will i will keep you posted on it as it goes awesome. uh, every fourth episode or fifth episode it might be we'll discuss it so there we go we got the like, next six months on a comic book pit Planned out.
1: <laughs> so Star Trek, Planet of the Apes,
0: and Godzilla. In hell. In hell. And that should take us up to like 214. And then we'll have so, our, uh, big monumental 215th episode. Oh, and you forgot Doctor Strange. Uh, no, oh, no, there'll always be more Doctor Strange. Yes.
1: There Not was Man-Thing in that one, too.
0: Central's four. Oh, and you left that out?
1: I'm sorry, I did. I did.
0: We're going to have it had
1: Man-Thing in the there. Man-Thing saved the day, FYI.
0: When doesn't it?
1: He saved the day, and I guess he went off in the sunset saddened.
0: <laughs> as Man-Things are wont to do. And just as Man-Thing did, so shall we, Sean Atkins. Off into the darkness of sadness. Whatever. Yep. Um, we shall put a pin in it this week. I think we said. I can't
1: remember. Is that like the sad Hulk, Hulk. music? Oh. Yeah, sad Hulk okay. music.
0: It almost sounded happy. I think you had the tempo a little sped up.
1: Uh, my bad.
0: It's like working. I'll work it on it next music. time. Yeah. Yeah, you do that. You got a week to uh, get your your sad Hulk music down, Pat. Um, let's close on this did you see this story about the secret mcdonald's menu
1: what
0: evidently there's a secret mcdonald's menu that if you like i, I had mcdonald's manager did and ask me anything on reddit and like allegedly confirmed the existence of this legendary secret menu where like if you go at certain times and you just ask like hey can i get you know this this and this or this that and this you can do it. Um, the There's two that stuck out to me. One was the Mc1035. It was like a double cheeseburger on an egg McMuffin with egg and bacon. And, <laughs> and another no, I one never heard of this. was called, I forget what it was called, but basically it was the quarter pound patties on a Big Mac. So it was like a giant Big Mac, which all honesty Go to the store, buy some ground beef, some buns, and lettuce and Thousand Island dressing. You can make it at home. That's the trick, Thousand Island dressing. Um, you'd have Big Macs, whatever, all the time. No, and there was more to it. Like There was the land, sea, and air, which I think was like a chicken, the fish, and the beef on a bun all together. Like All these crazy just like Frankenstein concoctions from the McDonald's menu that if you just, like, asked them... Basically, did put a special order in is how they made it sound. I don't think you needed that to, you know, like, do a secret handshake or anything. But I don't know. I mean, go to McDonald's and be like, hey, can you just give me, like, a Big Mac with, like, the quarter pounder patties? It's like, just... I don't Figure out. There's probably no button on the thing for it. I don't think they can just put... I don't know. Figure it out. Maybe there's a miscellaneous button. I don't know. Someone that's worked at McDonald's knows. Write in. Tell us. But uh, until then we, uh, we shall all return From the sinus from which we came This has been the comic book pit Episode number 208 And I am Jared And I am Sean That's all Are you Sean this
1: time? Oh yeah, that's right I did do some. You do well, some. I guess I just did, so
0: Okay Here you go. My bad